First Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 1, we'll be reading there, and then I'll read some also in chapter 14, I think it is. Told you I was going to preach on spiritual gifts tonight, Lord willing. and But I really just kind of tried to limit it tonight. We'll... We're not really going to deal with particular spiritual gifts tonight, but we're just going to deal with what that what it is mainly, and it's just one page front and back of notes. So there's hope, folks. I'm tired too tonight. So if you listen fast, we'll get done fast. But this is important. I think it's real important. Uh, it's a spiritual matter. That's what we've been preaching on on Wednesday nights here for a long time now. But it's it's real down-to-earth stuff. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And most people are ignorant. Paul is not, his, his wish is not fulfilled because most people are completely ignorant about spiritual gifts. Romans 1 and verse 11. Paul said this, he said, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end, you may be established. All right. Now, what we need to understand tonight is that there's a difference between a gift and a skill. And uh, I mentioned that the other night. A gift, what is it? I mean, what's a gift? Something somebody gives you. No tricks here. I mean, a gift's a gift. Somebody gives it to you. Where'd you get that? Oh, it was a gift. <laughs> that means somebody gave it to you. It didn't cost you. You didn't earn it. You didn't pay for it. You didn't buy it. Somebody gave it to you. <clears throat> somebody handed it from their hand to your hand. A gift is something given, not learned. A gift is something given, not acquired through our own efforts, but something gifted to us from God or from someone else. Spiritual gifts, you see, Paul wanted to impart to them some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. He wanted to give them something spiritual. In order to give someone a gift, you have to have it to give, don't you? I mean, it's just simple reasoning here, but I mean, it's the truth. Paul desired to see the Romans so he could impart some spiritual gift to them. He wanted to be a blessing to their spirit and soul and give them something of value in the spiritual realm sending the you know something the world couldn't take away from them and something that would help them to be able to be steadfast in their soul there's this whole thing spiritual or carnal it's either of the flesh or of the spirit and the flesh and the spirit are contrary one to another Amen? Yes. That's exactly what the Bible says. Yeah, we have this trouble with this conflict all the time. And we've talked about this. It's the conflict of the world. And it's the conflict in the church. And it's the conflict in our own minds and spirits and everything. We have a hard time telling what is spiritual and what's carnal because nobody ever preaches about it. And we're not, we're not, we're not skilled in discerning that matter. A skill is something we've acquired through learning. Well, thank, I'm thankful for skills. They're important. 
The church needs skilled people in the church too. I mean, we're fixing to build one of these days and we're going to need somebody that knows how to do stuff. If nobody in the church knows how to do anything, then it makes it very hard. If you don't know how to do anything, it makes it hard for your life. If you don't know how to do it, guess what you got to do? You got to pay somebody else to do it for you who does have the skill to do it. And why do they have the skill? Did they get it as a gift? Nope. Skills don't come as gifts. You have to learn them. It takes work. It takes sacrifice. It takes effort. A lot of times it takes money to acquire a skill. Whatever skills I've got, I learned the hard way. I promise you that. Every one of them. And it cost something. One thing it cost was lots of money. <laughs> a skill is something we've acquired, acquired through learning. It literally means, if you look up the word, it means to know. Now, if you want to do an interesting study, just take your Strong's Concordance and look up the, the, the Hebrew and the Greek word for skill and search it in the Bible and see what you come up with. It's very interesting. It sheds a whole new light on what a skill is. We think of skill, well, you know, I'm skilled in cutting trees. That's, one, that's some of the verses in the Bible that mention skill is skill in cutting timber. Skill in... in uh, uh, it was another thing to do with wood. But then the other one was skill in gravening the stuff for the temple. See, it took skilled people to prepare the stuff for the temple, the vessels and all the adornments and everything. They were skilled, the Bible says they were. But that was not part of the worship or the spiritual part of the temple. You understand what I'm saying? Skills are important and we need skills in the church. Yes. But skills are not part of the worship of God. Skills are not spiritual. There you go. Plain as day. Here it is. So to have a skill is to know how to do something, how to make something, how to repair something, etc., etc. You know how. We know how because we learned how. That's a skill. A spiritual gift keeps on giving because that's what it's given for. A spiritual gift. God gives us spiritual gifts, every one, severally to everyone, not the same to everybody. The Bible's real clear about that. I'll make that a point here in a minute, but, but that's the way it is. And these gifts are not given to us for any reason except to help one another and to edify one another and to edify the church. Everything that comes from God is a gift. Did you ever think about that? Everything that comes from God is a gift. Is there anything God sells to us? Is there anything that He blesses us with that first we have to earn it? Everything. He's kind to the... to the... to the... to the unthankful and the evil. He, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. God just good. And God gives. And everything we've got 
that is important to us was a gift from God. Did you ever think about that? Your children. The fruit of the womb is His reward. Children are a, a blessing from the Lord. They're a, they're a gift. Friendship is a gift. Just being able to have church together, a gift. Everything from God's a gift. God doesn't teach us skills. Hear me? He imparts to us gifts. Satan desires to have us, and he desires to teach us how to do things without God. So what does the devil want us to have? In worshiping God, and uh, uh, that's the matter. In, in our walk with God, in our worship of God, in our understanding of God, what does the devil want us to learn? Skills. He wants us to do it with our skills instead of our gifts. It's the devil's goal to get us to depend upon our own hand, our own mind, and our own devices. I know how to do it. I can do it. I had a preacher tell me one time. He said, I can sit down and write a sermon and preach it, and God don't have to have a thing to do with it. He told me that. He felt kind of bad about it at that time. He said, it's kind of troublesome to me, but I can do it. I know how. He'd been to college and been to college and been to college and been to college until he knew how. Because that's what you go for is to learn how to do it with skill, without God. And that's the devil's goal. It's the essence of carnality and the opposite of spirituality. Do it yourself. Do it of your own means. Do it of your own power. Do it with your own hands, your own mind, your own means. He wants to move us away from faith in God to confidence in the flesh. So what are spiritual gifts? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where if you're there, it's in verse 4 through 7. We'll read that now. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. Alright, does that mean that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to us to, so we can make some money and prosper? No, the word to profit withal as another, does not mean for our own increase but for the body of Christ. The word profit means this from the 1828 dictionary. It means literally to proceed forward, to advance. Profit. It, the primary sense is to urge or drive. It's like what God told Moses to tell the people at the Red Sea. Remember what he told them? He said, tell the people to go forward. That's, what pro that's why the gifts are given to us. So that we can profit. So that the church can move forward. So that people in their lives can move forward. Gain ground and not lose ground. Not retreat, but advance in the kingdom of God. In, your, in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. In your uh, 
fruitfulness for God, in your understanding for God. Move forward. So this manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. Spiritual gifts have to do with the Spirit of God and with our spirit. It's spiritual, not carnal. It's not fleshly. It's not of this world. It's not stuff we learn. God gives spiritual gifts as well and for the same purpose. The spiritual gifts that God gives us are to be used to edify one another and to edify the church we're a part of. Take it to the bank. When God gives you a spiritual gift, it's going to be good for you and it's going to be good for the body of Christ and it's going to be good for your family. It's going to be good for everybody that's around you spiritually. It's going to be an encouragement. It's going to be a strength. It's going to be an anchor. If God gives you a spiritual gift, that's the purpose that it serves. That's the reason He gave it to you. To profit with them. Spiritual gifts, they're to be used to edify one another and edify the church we're a part of. Spiritual gifts are to encourage, to motivate, to move, and inspire others to move on in their walk with God and in their spiritual growth. That's what spiritual gifts are about. All of them. All spiritual gifts. I don't believe the Bible even names particularly all of the spiritual gifts that there are. He just names a few. And we'll talk about some of them and just iron that confusion out maybe a little bit. What about the tongues and the healing and all of that? Gifts. I'd not have you to be ignorant, brethren, but everybody's ignorant in those areas. Seems to be. Seems to be. Spiritual gifts are not for entertainment or amusement or to excite our interest in the supernatural. Is that what they've done with some of these spiritual gifts that I just mentioned? Turn it into something? It's not. Turn it into entertainment. Turn it into something that's mystical and mysterious and excites everybody's interest in the supernatural. They're not given for that. Spiritual gifts are not for us to boast about. And by the way, let me just back up there just a second. I don't believe God would give a spiritual gift to somebody who's going to use it that way. You know what I believe that is they've got? I believe it's a skill, not a gift. They've developed it. They've learned it. There's some churches even give classes on speaking in tongues. Did you know that? They instruct others how to do it. I mean, you just... And it's just kind of like the meditation and all of that junk from the Eastern religions of the devil about going into trances and meditation. All the, yeah, they, that's a completely different thing than the meditation the Bible talks about. Well, we won't chase that one, but they're not for us to boast about since they're not of our own doing. What hast thou that thou hast not received, the Bible says. Everything that we get from God is a gift. So why would we boast about something that was given to us? They were given to us by God or someone else. Any gift is, so why would we boast in it? First Corinthians chapter 12, let's read verses 12 through 14. For as the body is one and have many members... 
And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one Spirit, capital S, are we all baptized into one body. There, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made and, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is one mem- for the body is not one member, but many. Now I stuttered all the way through it, but do you understand what he's saying there and what he's emphasizing that the body is one, but we're all but it's many members. You look at your body, it's it's your body, but there's a lot of members to it, a lot of parts, a lot of different things that do different things, that have different purposes, administrations and operations. Well, that's the way the the church is. That's the way the body of Christ is. That's the way a local church is also. God puts in it, I believe, severally whom He will. I mean, He puts... He puts together just the right mixture of abilities and gifts and skills. That's why there are different diversities of gifts, differences of administration, and diversities of operations, as the Bible tells us there. Different people. People are different. All people are different from one another. People are not cut out of the same mold or pattern. We didn't... Like O.B.R. Lakin said about preachers, you know, he said the colleges are turning them out like broomsticks, just all the same and one after another. And God didn't make people like that. Everybody's different. And so, that's why there's differences of administrations. Two people can have the same gift, but it operates differently. It's administered differently. All people do not have the same gifts. Neither are the same gifts administered the same or operate the same in different people. Y'all understand that? Y'all get that? We identify spiritual gifts by what they do for us and what part of our being they speak to and affect. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. Most people are just listening to the words, carnal <coughs> words. That's a, you know, most people are moved by carnal things. And most churches always have, and especially in this time, use good, they turn to that. And it's, it's all of the flesh and not of God. Skills can't be substituted for spiritual gifts. Now, in a secular business or organization, skills are the thing that make it a success or a failure, right? That's right. That's why a company's always looking for the the best uh, management they can find, yes. The best. There's always some guy that's going to come along or some woman that's going to come along that'll just save the day. They'll save the company. They'll save the nation. Save the church. <laughs> I've seen churches do that all through the years. You know, they're on their men are dragging bottom. They're done. And they're looking for some man to come and save them. We just get the right preacher in here. 
And a lot of them think, boy, we need a young preacher because he'd be full of energy and full of zeal and he could reach these young people and boy. What you need is God. Not some preacher that's been trained to do this. You don't need a skilled administrator. You need God. And you need spiritual gifts in the people in the church. They need to use the spiritual gifts that God has given them. Instead of just coming to be entertained by skilled musicians, skilled preachers, skilled teachers. It's everybody's answer to everything. So that's why the churches are aground. Because they won't even consider this. If they know how to make it work. And they know what they need. And they know how... It's a business. It's, a, it's an earthly organization. And we need this and we need that. And if we had this and if we just fix the atmosphere just right and get just the right person up there to sing for us and to preach to us, what? It'll just blossom and be a success. What do you think God in heaven thinks about that kind of thinking and that kind of reasoning and planning and doing In a church, it's the Spirit of God. Now, in a secular business, skills will get her done. In a church, it's the Spirit of God that makes a true and lasting success. And if the church relies on skills rather than spiritual gifts, it will die quickly. Ichabod is written over the door. The Lord hath departed because they did it themselves. They took a hold of it themselves. And we got this thing. Because we know how. Men go off to... Hey, if, if, if the preaching is based upon the skill of the preacher, then it's not spiritual preaching. Do you hear me? <laughs> Men go off to school to learn how to preach. Is that right? Oh, no, no, they don't do that. They, just, they go there to learn the Bible. Well, that's what the local church is for. Yes, sir. God didn't make colleges to teach young men the Bible so they could preach. <clears throat> he, he set up local churches for that. Amen. If they only needed to learn the Bible, they ought to just stay in their church. But they go there to learn the skill of public speaking and how to be a pastor or an evangelist. And then they learn how to mock anybody that preaches with a spiritual gift instead of the know-how. They notice all his mistakes and his bad grammar and all of his uncouth ways and, and insulting ways to the people that offends people. You just, if you got one eye and half sense, go through history and look at who God used through all of the church age to preach to these people. And then you come and show me some of these modern kind of educated preachers who God used. Some of them were educated. But that's not what they preached by. They acquire a skill... And then they look for a church to practice it in. 
If the singing is based upon skill, it's not spiritual singing. Now, I don't like to hear somebody just caterwaul and just make a terrible mess. It's, it's like, oh my goodness. I've heard the worst, I believe, that there's ever been on the face of the... I think I've heard some of them. <laughs> but, but the Spirit of God is all of the difference. Spirit-filled singing is different than skilled singing. That's very true. That's right. I, you remember Brother Earl singing. You remember Jason Pell and his grandma in the car and he plugged the tape in and old Brother Earl went, well, you know, I'll be gone. And his grandma said, what on earth is that? Well, that's Brother Earl. He wasn't a very good singer, but it was spiritual singing. Making melody yourself and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Isn't that what blesses you when somebody sings from the heart and the Spirit of God bears witness to it? Yes, it is. The world knows that. That's why they put so much emotion and everything into their singing. And then their fake Emotion and stuff has found its way into the church where they sing their breathy, emotional songs and, and carry everybody away with that. But they won't be carried away with spiritual singing. What's the deal? you got a bunch of carnal people. Yes. And they're being entertained by carnal musicians right. who learned how to do it by faking it. Faking the emotions. Let me find my place again. Getting close to the end here. If the singing is based on skill, it's not spiritual singing. Now, if this offends you, it'll just offend you. But I have never been blessed by the choir, the Christmas cantata, the professional evangelist singers who get up there and just do everything just with no emotion, no spirit bearing witness. I'm not looking for excitement. I'm looking for spirituality. Yes, sir. But what is the mark of a high, successful church? Yes, sir. And it's all, you know, it's a performance. Exactly. That's my words I'm getting to here. <clears throat> if it's not spiritual, what is it? You ain't got no other choice. If it's, it's either spiritual or it's carnal. Now, if it's not spiritual, then it is carnal. It's of the flesh. You're doing it of your own power. Now, these things, preaching, singing, all of that, and a lot more, they're spiritual gifts, not skills. And therefore, the edification of the church, not for performances or entertainment or amusement. <clears throat> so many things that I could mention and talk about and that I've been involved in through the years in ignorance and didn't know. <clears throat> Paul said, I'd not have you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Well, I was ignorant for a long time about a lot of this stuff. But I'm not ignorant in this matter anymore. The ideal... <clears throat> are you still listening to me? 
The ideal is to have a little skill to go along with the spiritual gift. But the danger there is that pride uses the skill and tries to take over and exalt self rather than the spiritual well-being of others. If you got the skill and you got the spiritual gift, then and God gave it to you, then you will be thinking about others. You know, a preacher that just preaches a message just to, you know, well, yeah, or just to be well known or try to make a mark, you know. Seemed like to me that was the deal. Years ago at all the meetings we were at, it was like every preacher's trying to top the other on some cute little idea that he come up with, you know, about bees making honey or something like that. And, you know, and we just thought it was wonderful. <laughs> then when I think about it now, I think about that message and a lot of other messages. I'm not just talking about that one. But I think, what in the world was that about? Mercy. <clears throat> you know, it's just... It just went over big. I mean, it's about getting people emotional and shouting. Well, what's the difference in that and spiritual gifts and spirituality, spiritual things in the church? Well, God's involved. That's what the difference is. The difference is the Spirit of God's involved. The Spirit of God is working. And when the Spirit of God's working, things happen. More than people jumping out of the pew and running around the building and shouting, Hoo! We were talking about that last night there at the house, Anna. And, you know, and all the things I've seen, people run into gates and all jump off the platform, break their leg and all that. Now, you know the Holy Ghost in all that, don't you? Holy Ghost moved them to jump off and break their leg. And one church, I didn't even tell you all last night, but they had a missionary and they... He was, had his support raised. He was ready to go to the field. And they raised his passage, you know, money to get him over there. He got so happy, he jumped off the platform, broke his leg too. This is another one. And couldn't go. Delayed it for months. <laughs> well, it could have been. You might be right about that. <clears throat> the result... See, the danger is that pride... See, if we've got a skill, it's easy for us to get proud of it, isn't it? I know how to do something you don't know. <laughs> I'm better than you. You're ignorant. You don't know how to do that. You don't know that. See? See what I mean? People do that, don't they? Do we do that? Well, what is that? Is that spiritual? Or is that carnal? Well, pride, you know... Yeah, it's like pride grows on a human heart like lard on a pig. Remember that? You can't, uh, it's, it's a thing that God hates. A proud look. Why would anybody have a proud look? Because they know something you don't know. It's the most abominable thing. Like, to everybody's. You know, I know something you don't know. Does anybody like to hear that? You don't know how to do that. What's the matter with you? You greenhorn? Didn't nobody ever teach you anything? That you might as well go ahead and say because that's what you're thinking and that's what they're feeling. And so God is not pleased with that because that's not spiritual things. That's not anything to do with spiritual gifts or anything spiritual. It's pride and it's carnality and it's ugly and 
And it makes you the enemy of God. And it's detrimental to the church and to your family and to everything around you. It's poison. The result of that is dead mechanical performances instead of anointed, soul-stirring preaching and singing. And soul-stirring, not emotion-stirring. Penny always said this, if you never start with emotion to try to get people to see the truth. You'd preach the truth and the emotion will follow if they hear the truth and if they receive the truth. If they receive it, they're going to be happy. And that don't mean they're going to swing off the chandeliers. Probably they'll weep. That's the most common, obvious a true sign that the Spirit of God has spoke to their heart is that they're weeping, not screaming and hollering. It always gave me the creeps. Them women are screaming like a like a wild cat. I never did think that was of God. I just I could just feel it. The if if the Spirit of God was working at all when they did that, that out he went. It just went cold in me. It just like no, it's what in the world? They're just wanting attention. I don't. Some of y'all ain't never been in a place like that. I I know the kids haven't. If they did, they were little. You you had well, yeah, maybe a time or two. But I've been in meetings where they just scream like a, you know, and not just they don't just scream once. They just keep screaming until all of the attention's on them. Right. And I thought then, I still believe it now, that it was a devil in them. It wasn't the Holy Ghost of God. A devil trying to disrupt the meeting. A devil sending chivers through everybody there. And the only ones that liked it were people that uh, were carnal. Time is truth's best friend, and I've found that out. I ain't going to have no more friends ever left. Yes, you will. So the result of that is dead mechanical performances. All right, I'm going to read two verses and then I'm going to quit and you ain't going to believe it. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12. Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. So what happens in a lot of these churches, they... They seek for it. They put a lot of emphasis on spiritual gifts. Uh, you know, not so much helps and things like, you know, it's more of those gifts that promote uh, celebrities, like healing, like tongues. You know, they promote that. So people want, they seek those gifts. That's what's going on here. What's the big problem in the church at Corinth? One of the biggest problems, besides the fornication and the drunkenness and all of that, what else was it going on? Tongues, man, it's a big deal. He spent these three chapters dealing with that matter in a negative way. I don't know why they don't ever read that. Why don't they ever read what he really said about the gift of tongues? (laughs) Seek that ye make sale to the edifying of the church. If you're going to seek a spiritual gift, that's what better be your motive or it's wrong. Why would you want a spiritual gift other than to help other people? 
Why, if you wanted a spiritual gift so you could gloat on it yourself, make yourself feel good, so it would make you more honorable and gain fame and honor and praise from everybody, how would that be right? Can't be right. One more verse. 1 Corinthians 14, back up to verse 1 there. It says, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. That's the big thing. Prophesy. Be able to tell people about God and be able to explain things and 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 that's a gift. That's not something that you just learn how to do. You can learn how you want to by reading all these books of how to and all of that. How to be a soul winner. How to do this. How to do that. Blah, blah, blah. But you can read your book. You can go right out there where they're all at and you don't know what to say. You don't know what That's to do. Right. And if you try it, you're just it's all mechanical and it's just like a, a trained sales pitch that you go at it. It ain't supposed to be that way. Witnessing to lost people or anybody it ain't supposed to be that way. And I've found out that's the way. This is a happy day in my life when I figured out that I don't have to be in that bondage and that's not the way it works anyway. You pray for God to give you an opportunity and God gives you an opportunity. And when God gives you the opportunity, you, it is no struggle and it's no burden and it's no strife or struggle. It just flows. And they're open to receive it. I mean, it's, that's the way it works. And it's wonderful when you see God working instead of me trying to do it myself and just because they said I got to. And if I don't, I probably ain't saved and I've got to do it. We knew a missionary once and they had to fill out in his church, his people had to fill out papers every week on how many people they had won to the Lord and how many tracts they had passed out and all that. I guess you got kicked out if you if you didn't get your quota. I've heard lots of churches had quotas. That same church paid money to the people so much ahead for everyone they led to the Lord during the week. You know what happened? He, he left his wife and children and run off with another woman. So spiritual. Carnal. It was all carnal. There wasn't none of it spiritual. There wasn't no spiritual gift in operation there at all. Spiritual gifts. What are they for? To give. Paul had spiritual gifts. What do you want to do with them? Give them away. But the thing about it is, when you give it away, you still got it. <laughs> it's the gift that just keeps giving. See, you don't. When you give it away, you still got it. You don't lose it by giving it to somebody else. You get to help somebody else. Amen. Not even made a clock. Say hallelujah. All right, bow with me, Father. Thank you for the. This short message here tonight, I pray you'd bless it to our hearts and minds. And I pray we'd understand these things, simple little things here. And, and Lord, it'd help us to be a little sharper, a little more discerning in our uh, ways, and in our worship, in our uh, dealings, and in, in the way we uh, think of other people. Lord, I pray you'd help us to love one another, minister to one another, uh, be a blessing to one another. 
I pray you'd help us to exercise the gifts you've given to each one of us and not be desiring gifts that somebody else has. Help us, Lord, to be content with such things as we have. You've given every one of us different gifts. And I pray, Lord, you'd help us to to not just uh, waste them, not to uh, neglect them, but to use them for your glory and for the and for the goodness and grace to your people. Please go with us now and bless the, bless the rest of the week here in every family and home. Help us in the troubles of life and all the things going on. And I pray you'd watch over us in Jesus' name. Amen.